Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Hello there. Welcome back. I am super excited to get back on track with my podcast. So welcome, welcome. It is a new year, 2023. I pray that you are all off to a good start. Um, I'm excited for today's word. It's been stirring in my heart for a couple of weeks, um, and I just have not had the space to pull away and record. And then the other day, um, I finally, I woke up at 4.15. Um, I've been struggling to wake up at that time. I'm normally up between 4 and 4.30, um, but the last several weeks, I'm sleeping past my alarm. I'm literally mindlessly with my phone underneath my pillow, I hit snooze every nine minutes or whatever the time that goes past, you know, you hit snooze, the little side button on my phone. And literally in my sleep, I'm doing it for an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours. And I don't even realize it. So I've been, (laughs) I've been having a hard time getting up in the morning and I don't know why. And I was praying. I'm like, Lord, you know, just help me get up in the morning so I can get back to this podcast. I, I want to get back and you've given me this word and it's been stirring in my heart and I'm so ready to give it and woke up 415 was like, yes, Lord, thank you. Holy spirit. Thank you for waking me up. And, um, I have some prayer time and journal time and I had a cup of coffee and then I go into my little under stairwell closet, AKA my podcasting studio and um, go to turn on my microphone and it's dead. (laughs) So that didn't work out the other day. So here we are. I'm back with a word. Oh, and I have a really amazing family update for all of you. If you follow me on social media, then you saw the post. Um, And if you don't, I'm going to fill you in now because it's super exciting. On December 14th, um, my second grandbaby was born. So this Ama, that's my grandma name, this Ama is super excited to welcome another baby into our family. And I got to be there during the birth. I've got to, um, I got to be there for the birth of both of my grandbabies, both Oliver and Ryder. And oh my gosh, they're amazing. They're just absolutely perfect. I love being an Ama. Um, we're all just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying this time with them. Um, so anyway, that's the exciting stuff. Oh, and man, I am just such a fail with my mom posts these days. My, my, uh, youngest daughter turned 18 last month. Oh my gosh. What the heck? I have three adults now. Super, super weird, but I love it. I love this season. I love watching what God's doing in each of their lives, whether it's through the hard or through the good. I see his goodness. I see his hand. It's incredible. So now my Chloe Faith is 18. And then, um, my middle son got his first job last month. He got tired of me telling him no to things that he wanted to go spend money on. And I said, eh, when you get a job, you know, cause like I'll provide for your needs and we do the perks here and there, but we got a big family. <laughs> so I don't just, you know, we're not a money tree over here. And, 
so he could not wait until he was officially 15 and a half and could go apply for a job. And he went down the hill and from our house, cause I told him, I said, um, you don't have a car. And so you got to find a job that you can ride your bike to, or it's an easy run down the hill for me. Cause we've got plenty of opportunities for young kids to get a job where we live. We live up on this hill in this community and down below, there's like a major street with stores and all kinds of stuff. So I said, you know, until you have a driver's license and your own car, you have to work somewhere on that, on that road down the hill. <laughs> so he went and he applied and he got the job right away. So super proud of him. So yeah, those are some family updates. If you care to know, <laughs> that's what's going on over here. Um, but let's, let's get into the word. Okay. Like I said, this has been stirring in my heart for several weeks and I, I feel like it's, it's a charge to each of us um, in whatever particular season we find ourselves in, it is time to rise up and faith forward. I'm not sure if you saw it. I put it out on my blog and um, on my mobile app and on social media. The word I feel the Lord gave all of us. I, I said the word the Lord gave me, but when he gives me a word, I feel it's a corporate word. It's a word for the church. And I felt like he said 2023 is a year of courageous faith. And whatever that looks like in your personal life, I feel like the Lord is saying, like, I want you to step out and and, and ignite faith and be bold and courageous. This is a charge. This is not something, it's not a feeling. It's a choice to be bold and courageous and move in faith in the year 2023. So today we're going to talk about what God had put on my heart to rise up and faith forward. God wants you to put him back on the throne of your life and remind yourself of who he is and what you have through him, despite what you've gone through, what you may be currently going through or what you will go through, because the reality of life here is it gets hard, right? We get squeezed. That's why I wrote a book called Life is Muddy, because it can be real muddy here on earth. But God wants us to remind ourselves what we have in him and through him and stir up faith continually. We need to stop waiting for our feelings to change, our circumstances to get better, and decide today, today, to rise up, to get back up, to faith forward. I started a women's group years ago in my living room, and we eventually expanded to the park in my, in my housing community area, and I called it Rise. And the tagline was, because at some point, we all have to make the decision to rise. The truth is, we all go through stuff. We get hit. Circumstances smack us in the face. Blindsiding events that we did not expect to happen. They hit us. They hit us hard. But we need to continually make a decision to get up and to run our race and to not give up. None of us are going to escape hardships. Not one. Okay? We know that. And, and we've got to face it and we've got to embrace that reality that we, we're not going to escape hard scenarios and hard situations. And there comes a time where we need to put life in a perspective and see through a larger scope. We need to grasp a bigger vision as citizens of heaven and realize that storms and loss and circumstances that we experience here on earth are not supposed to take us out of the race that God has set before us. Too many are living by sight and feelings and faith is nowhere to be found. Listen to what Apostle Paul says when he's talking about the hardships. I'm going to read in Philippians. Philippians 3, and I'm going to move, let's see, Philippians 3, I'm going to read from the NIV version. Where are we? Oh my goodness, pull it up here. 
I hear somebody coming down my stairs, so if you hear banging in the background, sorry. <laughs> okay, so this is uh, the second half of 13 is where I'm going to start. The one thing I do, okay? The one thing he does, and he's he's talking, he just listed out some hardships, okay? If, if you have read your Bible, you know Paul didn't have it easy. The church didn't have it easy. They were under attack. They were under oppression. There was a lot of stuff going on. They were just facing all kinds of opposition. Paul was in prison. I mean, it just, they were going through it, okay? And this is what he says. But the one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take on such view of things. And if some point you think differently, that too God will make it clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Join together and following my example, brothers and sisters. He, that's us, okay? He's not just talking to the church. This is the Bible that we read today. He's talking to us and he's saying, look, this is the view we need to have. If we're mature, we're going to be able to forget what's behind and press on towards what's ahead. That is mature kingdom thinking. That is spiritual maturity. To have the ability to not fixate on the past and fixate on everything wrong, but keep our attention on the prize and fixed ahead. And he, and he even says, and at some point, and if you don't agree with me on these things, if you feel the need to have to continually remind yourself of all the hardships in the past and everything that you've gone through and everything you've experienced, I'm praying that God makes it clear to you that that is not the way. Okay. He even includes that. So I, that's my prayer for you today. As we, as he, as we dive into this word, I am praying and believing that God makes it clear to you that he does not want you fixating on all the hardships and the past. He wants you to move forward. He wants you to rise up and move forward. Back to 17, join together and following my example, brothers and sisters, again, me and you. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. I'm here to tell you today that there are people that are trying to give you messages to keep your focus, to keep your attention on the path that God has set before you, to rise up, to move forward, to get out of the past, to stop fixating on what happened last year, what happened last week, what happened five minutes ago, and move forward, okay? This is the call to the church, okay? Are you with me? I'm going to keep going here. For as I have often told you before and now tell you, even again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious image. And I want you to hold on. There is so much to unpack in those passages. We, we have, this is what it looks like to be spiritually mature. Follow this example. If it's not, if, if that's not the way you see things, then I pray that God makes it clear to you. One of the things I pull from it is the highlight of the, the ones that are getting destroyed are the ones who have their mind set on earthly things. And obviously we face hardships and it hurts, but we have to keep a bigger perspective that the, these things are all temporal and this is the reality of here on earth. We're going to get real today. Is that okay? 
I mean, if you tuned into my podcast, you know we get real. We go deep, okay? This is a call. This is a call to all of us to not just say what we believe, but actually live out what we believe. And I'm talking to you. If you are stuck in grief, loss, your past, hard situations, and you've been struggling to get back up, will you make a commitment today? Will you listen to this whole message the whole way through? Even if I say something that makes you angry or triggers you, will you keep going? Will you give me a chance? I'm probably going to hit some chords inside of you that may feel like a shock to your system, but just like a doctor who will shock a heart back into rhythm in order to get it functioning again. Sometimes we need to confront our mindsets and feelings in a shocking way to wake ourselves up and get back to living the life we have in and through Christ. You know what I mean? Honestly, I am really, really thankful for the straightforward truth that shocks my system. I don't want watered down truth that coddles my feelings or my circumstances. I don't want messages that say what my itching ears want to hear because it makes my emotions or feelings feel better. It's momentary. It's temporary. It's not lasting. Watered down truth isn't truth at all. And it's the truth that we need to hear that sets us free and keeps us in a forward motion. Straight, honest, biblical truth. I'm genuinely concerned that we've bought into a very Americanized gospel that keeps us discouraged and bound to life experiences rather than rooted in Christ, empowered through his spirit. And I want to break us out of this. I want us to break out of these false ideas that God is not showing up when our life gets hard and we quit and we throw in the towel. We as a church body are spending way too much time praying for miracles and then we feel discouraged when it doesn't go the way we prayed. And we're not even realizing that we're actually doing the opposite of what the word says to. I'm not discounting miracles, okay? I've been a witness of miracles. I have observed miracles in my life. I believe what the word says. I serve a God who can show up and part the Red Sea. And I've experienced Red Sea moments. But my remaining in a forward motion is not hinged on whether or not God shows up miraculously in my situation, but that he shows up in me and through me, empowering me through all things. He is my strength. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 shows us where our focus needs to be. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your new life is now hidden with Christ in God. This is the faith we are called to live by. This is the faith, okay? The faith that our old self, our old life is dead and our new life is hidden in Christ. We are to set our hearts on those things, the things above and not the earthly things that cause us to shake and fall apart and give up. Too many of my brothers and sisters are focused on the temporary and then feel like God's not showing up when problems arise. Then we spend all our energy and time praying away the problem. And you know what I've learned? I used to pray away the problem all the time, okay? So I'm not I'm not saying I, I've, I've always lived this way. I just get it, okay? I got a revelation from the Holy Spirit, and I understand now my assignment. I understand what it looks like and what it means to be a Christ follower. You know what I've learned? I've learned that God uses my problems to shape and mold me into the likeness of him. He doesn't cause my problems, so don't hear what I'm not saying. Hear what I am saying. He does not cause our problems, but he empowers us through them. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. 
fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We are to strip ourselves from anything and everything that will weigh us down, preventing us from running our race. And this is not just talking about the sin that entangles us, which I think a lot of times we highlight. This includes wrong thinking, fear, worry, doubt, focusing on the past, lack of trust, living by what we see and feel, not by faith, you name it. Whatever it is that's keeping you down and holding you back from focusing on what God has set before you, you are directed to strip those things off of you and keep going. You are directed to persevere through all of it. This concept is our job, not God's. It doesn't say pray them away. It says for us to strip them off. That is a mindful action on our part to rid ourselves of everything that weighs us down, especially feelings. If there is anything that weighs us down the most, it is absolutely feelings. I know I've been there many times. I'll tell you, my feelings will deceive me and tell me to give up. They tell me I'm too tired. They tell me I don't have enough. They tell me life's too hard. And if I feed those feelings rather than starve them by feeding my faith, all I'm going to see is my limitations based on the lack in my life, based on what I've gone through instead of what Jesus paid for that empowers me to overcome anything I'm going to face here on earth. I've had to make the decision over and over and over again that nothing in this life gets the upper hand. I know who my God is and what the word says I have access to. When I was a single mom, I had to make this decision over and over and over again. It was hard. It was hard. I had my grief that I was going through. I had my kids' grief that I that they were going through. I was mother and father. Uh, my ex-husband moved out of the state. He never came back. I had to deal with why did daddy leave us? I mean, I was financially responsible for <laughs> for everything physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. It was heavy. And I had to make a conscious decision to get back up, to get back up, to get back up, to not look at my lack of education and my lack of resources and say, God, you've anointed and appointed me for such a time of this. You've equipped me with everything that I need to overcome anything that I will face. Me and my kids are overcomers. We are not victims of our circumstances. And I had to keep feeding my faith and I had to keep getting back up. That is why I write books now. That is why I have a podcast now because I stopped looking at what I don't have and I keep my eyes on what I do have in Christ and he's He's strengthened me and he's built me. I have the mind of Christ. I read his word. I'm infused with the Holy Spirit and nothing is going to stop me. Nothing is going to stop me from doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a mother, as a sister, as a wife, as a friend, and now as an ama. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep getting back up. My feelings do not get the power anymore. They used to. There was a time where my feelings had permission to keep me down. And they, they don't have permission anymore. They don't dictate what I do, what I think, and what I believe. I have to speak back to those feelings. Feelings lie to us. Feelings are usually the opposite of the word. And too many are living by feelings. Too many are coddling their feelings, petting their feelings, processing their feelings. Hey, I just, I'm just processing. I've said it, okay? I've heard it. Too many are processing their feelings, praying that God makes them feel better. 
Listen, like I said, I feel I have ugly girl cried more times than I can count. I am very, very real and raw in God's presence. He's my safe place. And honestly, he's the only place I process now. Because when I process with him, I'm also comforted and filled with a peace and a supernatural strength to get back up and get back up again. But it's still a choice. How many of us can just sit and vent and vent and vent and cry and and process with God and we never get back up? I continually choose to get back up by faith, believing that I will be filled with a supernatural strength because those who put their trust in the Lord are renewed. You see, I spend more time declaring what I have through Christ than what I see and feel. And you know what? I'm not just saying positive words to build myself up. I'm saying God's word over myself and his word is backed with power. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians 4.20. It says, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. So when you are feeding your faith and you are declaring God's word, it is backed with his power. When we speak out the word of God, getting our hearts and minds lined up with the truth, we experience a supernatural freedom, a supernatural peace, and a supernatural strength that empowers us to run and not get weary. This is where we're mounted up on wings like eagles, causing us to soar above life's storms. Isaiah 40, 31, love this passage. I'm sure you've heard it, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. That's the key. When your trust is in the Lord, not in your feelings, that's where you're going to find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Do you understand the imagery of this passage? An eagle actually uses the storm to boost them higher. They soar untouched and unfazed by the chaos below them. This is what we need to grasp as citizens of heaven. This is what it looks like for a believer who actually believes and puts their full trust in the Lord despite the storms. The storms can't take us down and out. They only boost us higher as we increase in strength, radiating God's glory. We have to keep our minds on track according to truth. Too many are consumed with wrong thinking, not understanding what or should I say who we have access to and where our focus needs to remain and it's costing us the ability to get back up no matter what. Many have a hardwired belief system that when confronted with truth, they want to fight back and argue, defending their human experiences and feelings instead of holding those thoughts and feelings up to the word and it's keeping so many oppressed by their season and by their circumstances. Jesus said that he has come to set the oppressed free. So why are we allowing life to speak louder than truth and continually getting knocked off course by our circumstances, living oppressed by what we've experienced instead of living empowered through his spirit? Honestly, I'm just going to say it straight. I really don't know very many believers that sound like believers when life gets hard. They sound more like doubters who are hung up on what they see and feel. I see more people shriveling back, throwing in the towel, and getting bitter from life rather than shining brightly the hope we profess to have. And here's what I hear when I confront the feelings with the word. Well, you don't know what I've been through. Or I get the list of the last 10 things that have happened over the course of the year, including how their car broke down and their refrigerator died the same day. Then they'll proceed to tell me that they're so tired of pouring out, getting nothing in return, and how they prayed and prayed for God to show up and do something, and their situation worsened, and they're just too tired from all the battles. Seriously, I have done life with us for over 25 years. This isn't even including my childhood of being raised in the church. These are my adult years of listening and observing and then serving as a leader and a mentor and a coach and a counselor. These are pretty standard conversations from the body of Christ, and I don't hear hope in them. 
I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a small group and we sit at the end of it and we list out everything that's going wrong in our life. And I, I've been a part of it, okay? And I kind of bought into this stuff and we call it encouraging each other. And after I started to understand, like, that is not encouraging each other. Yes, I believe we should be praying for one another, so don't get me wrong. But I want, I want you to hear this pattern of what we're doing, okay? We sit around, we talk about everything that's wrong in our life. We call it encouraging each other. Encouraging each other in what? That all of our lives are hard and it kind of sucks? I mean, can I just be blunt? Can I just be real? Or worse, because our human understanding decides that what so-and-so is going through is nothing compared to what I've been through and it justifies my depression and my inability to experience joy. Then we pray the list and ask God to change our situation so we can feel better. Then we go to our therapy session and we talk about it again. And when that's not enough and we still feel bad, we call a friend for prayer and ask them to pray for peace because our minds are anxiously consumed with worry and fear and the what ifs. Well, duh. We've just spent hours magnifying our problems instead of magnifying the fact that we are carriers of his presence, filled with his peace, his joy, his goodness, kindness, long-suffering, perseverance, and everything we need to endure whatever we're walking through. What if we started encouraging each other in that truth? I wonder what that would look like. The truth is the sound mind that we're supposed to have is nowhere to be found, so we try to pray it away. And we can't pray away an anxious mind. We have to stop feeding the anxious thoughts that keep us down. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, Do not, I'm going to say it again, do not be anxious about anything. So if you are anxious about something, you need to stop. Okay, let's put life into perspective. God is bigger and the anxiety that you are feeling is from a lack of peace in your mind. Peace of mind. You have the mind of Christ. You have the Holy Spirit in you that leads to peace. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We forget that last part. We don't really understand the do not be anxious thing because we're so filled with anxiety. So we don't understand what we, we, we literally bought into a belief system that says anxiety is normal. We've normalized anxiety in the body of Christ. I'm not even going to go there today. I'm just throwing it out. We've normalized things that God is saying to get rid of and to not feed on and to not fixate on. And we've got to stop doing that. It's keeping us down and it's keeping us discouraged. Yes, it says to pray and petition to God, okay? But it also says in thanks, because the thanks is knowing who our God is and what we have in him. And then this is what we're supposed to be thinking about. We're supposed to be thinking about whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. I'm not hearing anything that our, we should be thinking about what's wrong, what's gone on, what we've been through. Okay, it doesn't say that. So it shows us where our mind is supposed to be. And rather than seeing where we're off in our thinking, we subconsciously believe that until God shows up and changes things, we're going to continue to feel under our circumstances. We've spent all our time fixating on the problems instead of stirring up faith and encouraging ourselves in the Lord, accessing the power of the Holy Spirit that keeps us renewed and empowered to overcome any and all things that we go through here on earth. Please hear my heart today. 
I genuinely care about what you've experienced. With my whole heart, I do. I've shared before, I will sit and weep and mourn alongside my brothers and sisters. I get into my prayer closet and war on behalf of my family of faith when their family members are caught in addictions or lifestyles that are far from God's heart. My heart aches, aches, aches when a loved one passes away suddenly. There is space for all of these hardships we experience. Our Heavenly Father knows and He cares and He's right there to meet us in our times of devastation. Many, including myself, have been hit hard by life. Truthfully, my life does not look much different than yours. I could list some pretty devastating things that would make your jaw drop. I'm serious, like your jaw would drop. I've gone through things that I will most likely never share publicly. I could also go on and on with all the annoying life scenarios like my fence blowing down last winter and we're holding it up by a few posts hoping it doesn't blow over waiting for the finances to fix it. What ain't cheap right now? Or how often we get HOA letters. For the stupidest things, seriously, some of these rules are not made for a large family. Like if your family size is over four, you're going to have a real tough time, which is so weird because we live in a neighborhood with clearly family size houses. Most of the neighbors I have have three, four and five kids like it's crazy. But anyway, it's super annoying. But I, you know, I could list all these things or, you know, the day that like everything was going wrong and then I uh, <laughs> smashed into the back of a work van. And I'm, I'm not kidding. I actually did that. I, I, we were at a red light. It turned green. He was in front of me. I saw him go. I started to go. I didn't realize he slammed on his brakes. Boom. I'm in the back of, end of his van. And if you know what I drive, I drive a lifted Suburban and it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to do a lot of damage. So we'll just say that I destroyed the back of that van. Nothing on my vehicle. So that was kind of cool. But still, like, that's a big deal. I was physically shaking. I've had sleepless nights with babies and toddlers. <laughs> How about talking about raising teens? Losing loved ones? Finding out someone I'm very close to and my family is dealing with cancer? I've been hated by people I've poured into. I've been betrayed lied to, gossiped about, lies spread about me, I could so easily sit around and fixate on the endless list of scenarios that make me feel pushed down. But I don't. And it's a choice. And I'm only sharing these things because sometimes we get the impression that others have it easier and that's why we're so strong. Or that's why I'm so strong. I'm, I'm, my life is just so much easier. And I want to confront that lie so you can live empowered and free regardless of what you have are, or may walk through. What I just shared was a short list of what I've walked through, and despite what some people may believe from an outside scope, my life could seem pretty easy, but the truth is, I have walked through the fires of life just like you, but my goal for the last 20 plus years is to come out not even smelling like smoke. I'm going to come out radiating him. It was a decision that I made a long time ago, and I continue to, and I'm encouraging you today to make that same decision. I read my Bible and I discover that God never said signing up for Christianity means I'm going to have the perfect job, the perfect kids, the perfect neighborhood, the perfect house. My days are going to run smooth and I'm going to get all the green lights as I'm running late to my appointment because I got the favor of God on my life. And then we're mad when we don't. I mean, come on, let's be real. It says to become like him. It says to be an imitator of Christ, which translates to me these kinds of questions when the heat of life gets turned up. What does Christ look like when I discover my child is doing the wrong thing and I've raised him right? What does Christ look like when my neighbor hates me and all I've done was love? What does Christ look like when I'm betrayed and lied to? What does Christ look like when everything is falling apart? I go to the Word 
and I remind myself of the goal, the prize, the truth that his spirit is in me and in him. I am unshakable. Psalm 125.1, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. This has been a continual choice to keep my eyes fixed on him, my mind lined up with the word of God and my confident trust rooted in him. This is how we endure. This is how we become unshakable like Mount Zion. Please understand, holding firmly to what we believe and speaking truth does not mean there's a lack of compassion or empathy for what you've walked through or even a denial of what I've been through. Okay, I think we've we've crossed over from compassion and empathy to coddling. Can we be real? This is true. You know, you know I'm you know I'm hitting some chords here. You know this is true. It's not a lack of compassion. I've shared in both of my books and several podcasts the healing touch we receive when we bring our real very real hurt to Jesus. He is real and he is healer so much that we don't have to live in fear of what we may experience because when we are rooted in him and we understand what we have in him and his healing nature that touches our lives in, in amazing and beautiful ways, we know that if something leaves a sting, God is right there to meet us. And a spirit within us renews us daily as we put our focus and our trust in him. We have put too much of an emphasis on our hardships and they just keep adding to our list of negative experiences and it's costing us the ability to persevere. Hebrews 10, 34 through 36, you suffered. <laughs> There's a lot of suffering, okay? There's a lot of letters reminding us that we're going to suffer. We're going to go through suffering. We're going to go through trials. We're going to go through tribulations and we got to see what we're supposed to do with it. It doesn't say pray it away. It says to persevere. You suffered along with those in prison and you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive all he has promised. Did you catch that? Life was clearly hard. There was a ton of loss, but their perspective was on the bigger picture. Too many are putting their trust in their temporal life here, throwing away their confidence as soon as life gets hard, and it's costing many the ability to persevere and remain kingdom-minded. My strength and the reason I keep going and I get back up is because my confident trust is in the Lord, not life here on earth. I am seated in heavenly places. The storms of life cannot dominate me, and with that kind of focus, only Jesus and his spirit is all that has permission to dominate my life. And I have to continually make that conscious decision to rise up when life smacks me down. A decision that says, Lord, I trust you. I won't give up. I won't stop. I won't throw in the towel. I'll keep going. I'll keep sharing. I'll keep praising. I know what I have in you. And I know what's available because of Jesus. You, Lord, are my comfort in the uncomfortable. You are my strength when my heart and my body are weak. You are my peace when my life is chaotic. You and you alone is where my joy is found. Not in life here. In you, Lord. Honestly, I'll tell you right now, the devil is your biggest fan when you let circumstances have the upper hand. He loves it when God's children are defeated by life instead of living empowered by the spirit within us. And you know what? <laughs> I have flipped the devil's schemes around in my life. The more he's tried to steal, kill, and destroy, the more I radiate Jesus. I literally picture making him wish he didn't mess with me each and every time I choose to grow in glory by standing firm in what I believe radiating my father in heaven through life's difficulties. He's picked the wrong person to mess with. His ridiculousness has sharpened my discernment and I can see right through situations. I know he's behind it and what's really going to tick him off is when I stand firm in faith and glorify God. 
Truthfully, those are the believers he's threatened by, the ones who only get stronger in the Lord through hardships. If you really want to say, not today, Satan, then rise up and run your race. That's what's really going to kick him in the you-know-what. Are you ready to make this decision for yourself today? Are you ready to show the devil he didn't win? Remember, this is not denial of our life here on earth. This is a decision that says, my feelings do not get to dictate my direction or my ability to keep going. I'm done fixating on my feelings, my past failures, all that's happened in my life, and what's happening right now. I'm forgetting the past and pressing on. I know who is in me, and I'm making the choice today to rise up and faith forward. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now, for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.